Hi there, and welcome. Yes, this is the pre-chat to season two. Our guest today, Michael Chatravati, has his own podcast out called Men Kind, so you can check that out wherever you get your podcasts as well. And we recorded this conversation back in the summer of July the 17th, when it was very, very hot, not this drizzle rain. Anyway, enjoy. And we're back. Yes, we are. I can't believe it. So excited. I'm Daniel Johnson, and this is Best Thing. Season two, season two, season two, and we've got some great guests lined up. Now, Best Thing has been described as the goggle box for the ears. Yeah, I know. Go and check out the Metro. Well, we talk to guests about the best things in their lives, and we've got a new category right at the end, which isn't easy to answer, and we've got some new things coming on as well, with Tom and Revan talking all things film as well. We've got Adam Harris with his fat chicken, and Bethy Evitz bringing us the best in brand new music as well. So, let's talk about our guest today. And apparently the word of today is as well. Episode one in series two is the wonderful Michael Chuck Gravity. Yes, from Bake Off. He is an absolute delight and deserves his own podcast. I don't know why I'm interviewing him. Originally from Scone in Scotland, I know aptly named for being in the Bake Off in 2019. He is a theatre manager and a fitness instructor. Michael's a really funny guy, and he's got a few swear words in there, but it's kind of fitting, and it works anyway. We've got Adam Harris with his fat chicken, as always. We've got Tom and Revan talking films, and we've got the wonderful Bethia Beats bringing us the best in brand new music. So, I think it's about time we get started. Next up, Adam Harris with his fat chicken, and then interview with Michael Chakravarty. Hey guys, Adam here, Fat Chicken, doing the fact check-in for you. Apparently, there are some unopened bottles of wine that are up to a thousand years old. Is that true? I'm going to find out for you and let you know at the end of the podcast. been stuck in traffic for like two hours three hours oh, okay yeah. don't don't make yeah, it worse it than was it was really hard for me the world was in black and white there was rain pouring on the wind I'm kidding no it was fine i was just i i listened to a couple of podcasts i worked through taylor swift's back catalogue you said had a time in my life little lady gaga in there as well oh chromatica we're all welcome i have to say my word i mean it's, it's like 27 degrees it must have been a bit hotter in the car it was roasting yeah i went for a wee, for a wee wonder and then i was worried that was illegal i feel like it might be illegal to go to leave your car even if it's in the traffic jam no I think it's fine people I mean, play pe- tennis people were having picnics it. and things were they yeah and I was like I want to join but I'm like social distancing like how do we feel about that no Don't you can touch too much stuff I didn't ask I didn't ask me anything on Instagram instead which was fun for the first five questions and then I got I got tired of it my phone's still going and I'm like oh it goes into like the dark web of questions like no no not yeah. gonna answer those my mum's my mum might be looking at this so. yeah. <laughs> I was like I shouldn't have committed to this because it's up there for 24 hours now and I just I've done for and I'm, I'm bored now I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna ask her some questions on oh, you, no, you can ignore no. you can ignore <laughs> There's well, so many. Though. thank you so much for coming do you know what this is the opening and the first episode of season two. Oh, happy happy season happy birthday Second sort of, I don't know. Yeah. Great to be here. There you go. That's a, that's a great way to start. Um, and it's great because we're going to be starting with the category food. Mm. Okay, let's go. What is your best thing when it comes to food? So, food wise, what did you have when you were a kid? What did you eat? 
so my mum, it was like the big cook of the kitchen in the kitchen. My dad was he's he makes amazing curries, like brilliant curries, obviously. Um, <laughs> but he made such a mess that it was always put down to my mum. Uh, and I, the only things I really remember from my childhood were from the foods that we weren't really allowed to eat or we couldn't have because our family didn't like them. So like macaroni cheese was like the the food of my childhood, but I probably only ate it like four times because dad loathes it. But um, yeah, like cooking, weirdly cooking isn't like a big thing for me. I tend to just eat eggs and bread. That's like my go-to most like, of the time. Like eggy bread or just or no, eggs. Don't be a monster, bread. Daniel. Eggs and bread separately. <laughs> I am a massive egg fan and that sounds yeah I don't know how to work that in a better way I don't no I'm actually I'm veggie as well so eggs is technically not really allowed if you're a proper veg oh no it's vegan vegan. I get very confused you're fine what I'm allowed to do do you know what Michael you can do whatever you want to do thank you that's right. I'm gonna get that tattooed on my arm no don't do that (laughs) get you to write it after this don't do that it's fine I've got a great tattoo friend actually they can sort you out so I haven't got any yet have you not are you going for it it's the permanence of it I'm like will I so we're going we're going very topics already i don't care i uh, yeah. i i have anxiety and one of the things i do to to kind of manage my anxiety is i draw triangles on things you have one on your top i am wearing an upside down triangle yes yeah. i i fucking love there you are you've got some swearing <laughs> i fucking love triangles like during bake-off sandy used to come over to my bench i got some oh, triangles got some on my too. arm there sandy used to come over to my bench and she'd be like she'd look at my recipe and be like how how well are we doing today and she could tell from the number of triangles that had been scribbled all over, all over the front but like it's a thing that i do and so i really want to get one on my on my wrist yeah but i'm also very conscious that it's there forever until i'm dead and also that my mum might kill me so i'm dead sooner if you're gonna get it and you're only going to have one tattoo. Yeah. Get it in a place that you can't see. Well, I was thinking on my wrist. I'm pointing at my wrist, which you can is really good that. for a podcast yeah, it's medium. Great. Yeah, it's <laughs> what Michael's doing is actually just using his index finger to point at his uh, left wrist. Yeah, my, left, yeah, wrist, my left yeah. wrist. So yeah, it, would, it would go underneath the watch. So like if you, um, do you know what I mean? So you can kind of hide it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I really like tattoos, but I don't know if I, get, I should get one. Anyway, eggs. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe how far off the subject on the first category we've already got off. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's yeah. all my fault. Eggs, okay. So how, how do you like your eggs? Um, runny. <laughs> I said that with a bit of a sigh at the you end. You did. Which was a bit... Runny, you know. Just, wistful. Uh, what, what do you mean, runny? Like, there's nothing worse than a cooked yolk. But a runny yolk is the best thing okay. in the entire world. Right. And like you can ruin the egg very quickly. Um, so in lockdown, I have spent, I work in theatres, so I've not been working. So I've spent three months perfecting poached eggs. And that's, that has been my activity. How have you been doing? Are you hit and miss or are you like hit all the time? Now? I'm now like a 99% hit, Ooh. which is great. Okay, tell me, your, tell me how are you doing this? So I was doing this wrong apparently, but my dad has taught me, so this is my dad's fault. Uh, Sam, if you're listening, <laughs> this is on you. So you get your you get your water, you bring it to the boil, you add your vinegar, and then take it off the boil and kind of bring it down to a to a simmer. Make your your whirlpool. I'm doing a lot of gestures. There's so many gestures here. I'm just I'm like hypnotized by you're making. Your <laughs> you make a whirlpool with a spoon, and then you kind of plop. That's a good word. Plop yep, the nice. whole the whole egg in, and leave it until it kind of comes to the surface, and then scoop it out. And what I tend to do is I try to get rid of the white around it as well because I don't really want the white. All so I'm interested in, all I'm interested in, is the yolk here. <laughs> this isn't even my best food. I don't know why I've got into so much detail, but I feel like an egg yolk on toast is like 
golden. Like if you can spread the yolk on the toast. Do you know what I mean? I and it literally is golden because of there, the, there you go. There Look you at go. that. There's See, a reason you're you didn't sat even over there. mean to do that. <laughs> didn't even mean to do that. So, uh, is there any food that you 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 don't eat? Apart yeah. from meat, meat. Um, I've been trying to get back into fish recently. Okay. Like I feel like I should. I don't know why I feel like I should. Again, I can do whatever I want, Daniel. Yeah. So maybe I'll stop. But yeah. like, I stopped eating meat about four years ago to try and start losing weight because I would get in the house and I would eat a burger and go to bed and I would eat nothing else. I would just eat the meat and I was like, right, eat the meat. <laughs> God, <laughs> the gays are gonna go wild. Uh, if- <laughs> We'll just have that as the clip teaser for this oh, show. Gay so, Twitter, my God. Um, so yeah, I so I stopped eating it being like, right, I'm going to try and like start branch. If I stop eating meat, I'll have to think around it. I'm using my hands so much. It's great. Um, I don't know why I'm not filming this. This is definitely going to be filmed. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of started kind of adventuring out and around it. And then a year later... I was like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can eat meat again. And I just didn't want it. And I found myself while I was eating it, not enjoying it. And I was like, well, what's the point? Like, there's no need. It saves you money. You feel a bit better about the environment. I think I had more energy when I did it. So I was like, cool, this works for me. Um, so I don't eat meat. And I also don't eat raw tomatoes because they are Satan food. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, even gross. cherry tomatoes. Any tomato that isn't cooked, okay. like it will just come straight back out again. I think it's something to do with the fact that it's like, I think it's like slightly gooey, but not, it's like, it's like gooey and crunchy and hard all at the same time. And it's, it just, oh, it's disgusting. Absolutely We, we haven't even got to the best thing when it comes to food with you yet, Michael, but it's fine. Um, you were on Bake Off. I was on Bake Off. Um, what was it called? Bake Off. Uh, Bake Off. <laughs> it was Bake Off. Just a northern, northern version of it. Um, even my neighbour, when I said that you were coming here, she was like, oh, I liked him. So there oh, you go. That's nice. Shout out to Carly. Um, so um, how did you do? I mean, it was fun. Um, that's what I say about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like... Genu- like it was genuinely the best time of my entire life, but it was also at times the most stressful t- time of my entire life, and I'm sure you can relate to that. Like looking back on it, I think we put a lot more sepia on it, and we're like, oh, like it's like a montage in your head, and like oh, it was amazing, and it was, but it was also really hard. <laughs> like, and people don't like realize how hard it is because you're filming at the weekends and you're filming like a 13 hour day, and then you go straight back home and you work your your normal job full time every day that week while also trying to practice around that. And then you go back and film it at the weekend. And like people, I remember sitting at home watching it and being like, when, when they're doing like a, a showstopper, which is like a five hour bake. And, I'd be, and they'd be like, oh, I've never actually managed to do this in the time. And I'd be like, well, why not? You're on the fucking bake off. Try a bit harder, mate, please. <laughs> and then when I got on it, I was like, oh no, you just, you just don't oh, have time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually time just disappears like, now. And also if you're working, so I work as a fitness instructor, um, not anymore because gyms are closed. Well, not anymore. <laughs> well, um, you know, they might be open. <laughs> I reckon they're going to be closed, open, closed, yeah, open. Yeah, exactly. I just think they're closed so I don't have to go. <laughs> Correct, nice one. <laughs> but I'm a fitness instructor, so I teach like two classes in the morning and then I go to my theatre job and work there until about 11 in the evening. And then I'd have to try and practice bake. And you don't have five hours at 11 p.m. And also I don't have a dishwasher. So it took about an hour to clean my kitchen down at the end of every bake. So like the weeks in between... You sound like your dad using every pot and pan now. Genuinely. (laughs) My housemate is vegan and my kitchen was a vegan nightmare. There were eggs on the walls and the floor. Like I'd run out of counter space and be like icing things on the floor. Like it was an absolute... It was mania. I sound like I'm complaining about it. Like it was the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I genuinely... I think I'm a stronger person now than I was when I started it because 
I've learned so much more about what I can do. I mean, Kelly Clarkson was right, yeah. Right? What doesn't kill you? (laughs) Makes you stronger. There you go. (laughs) I I wasn't sure if you were waiting for me or that was just the end of the song, a different song. (laughs) Okay, let's actually get to it because we could just go on for ages. Um, What is the best thing for you, Michael, when it comes to food? Are you ready? Yeah. Garlic. Ooh. Ooh. Why is garlic the best thing when it comes to food? I defy anybody not to love garlic. Vampires. Well, they're fictional. (laughs) What we know of. (laughs) What we don't know. We don't Um, know these things. I feel like garlic is the thing that unites us as a people. (laughs) But like, it's also like so flexible and you have it in so many things you don't realize you're having it in. Like curries are like based in garlic and you have, and you don't really taste the garlic. But also... It's the kind of thing you measure with your heart, isn't it? Like, your recipe will say two cloves, and you're like, the whole head of garlic. Thank you. I mean, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had garlic for ages, and I swear I just burped up a bit of garlic. Oh, you just speaking about iconic. it. Iconic. It's, <laughs> it's so brilliant. The best way to do garlic is to roast it. Like, I roasted garlic. So this. I make, like, a shakshaka, um, which sounds like a rude word, but it isn't. Okay. It's like when you have, like, harissa paste and tomatoes and cannellini beans and stuff like that. Nice. And I put, like, two heads of garlic into it as well. And it goes, like, sticky and amazing. I mean, a second second to garlic would come bread. But then if you combine them, you have the platinum best thing. Garlic bread. G- garlic bread. Garlic bread. <laughs> See, there you go. Northern again. Like, you're just like, you're not... Because you're from all over the place. And we'll yes. talk about that in travel, really. Yes, that's fine. So Sorry. I'm going to say, Michael, the best thing when it comes to food for you is garlic. Garlic bread. And bread. <laughs> uh, next up, we're going to be talking travel. But I can't say the word travel very well. I don't know why. Tra- travel. 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 That's how I kind of do it. Travel. travel. <laughs> I don't know what accent that is. And I was going to try and change it. I think it's a little Bristolian. But I was going to try and change the, the, the name of it and just be like, going abroad. Journeying to different places. <laughs> but no, we're just going to stick with travel. Um, are you well-traveled? I'm lucky to be, yeah. When I was younger, we used to go on lots of like camping holidays in Europe and things. And obviously, we have family in India and things like that. So I've been lucky to travel quite a lot. Um, yeah, I've been quite a lot of places. I was meant to go to, to America oh. uh, this uh, in April, which was meant to be like my big holiday to so Vegas, LA, and New York. I was going to hang out with some new friends, and then Miss Rona just came and like cut me off at the knees. Um, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping to go back. I've not, so I've not really done America properly. I've done like a day. In America. One day one, in America. One short day. Oh, God. Oh, no, I hate myself. <laughs> I hate myself. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we will be talking music, so don't worry about it. You can get that musical element you know out what? I'm not time. even that into them. But anyway, I, oh, pin that thought. <laughs> it's happened again. This is like, what was it? What were we talking about? Tattoos. It's like tattoos. Yeah, go. go. Right, uh, so, yeah, so I've, I've been, so I went to New York for one day, because uh, I was like, kind of layover to Peru. Um, which was amazing. So you kind of go across and then down. Right. Um, so yeah, I've been to like really cool places like Peru and Africa and obviously India and then lots of European stuff. As you well. are well travelled. Yeah, I'm really lucky. I'm really lucky. And I'm very aware that I'm quite privileged to have been able to do that. But I also find travelling quite stressful. Um, okay. Like I love doing it with my family because like I just get swept along and I do what happens, what they've decided, and I don't really need to think about it apart from like pack myself and go. Are you saying you're a sheep? I am a hundred percent a sheep. Me too. Oh, it's horrible having to make make your I decisions. I don't like to do it. it. No, I don't. But then like two years ago, 
so we've been to India a couple of times because my family were out there and um, well extended family um, and a couple of years ago I was like right I'm going to do it myself and so I decided that me and my friend Dominique were going to go to India and it was so stressful organizing it like it's so hard and then when we got there we arrived in this airbnb that we'd booked and the airbnb had like holes in the windows there were rats there were insects everywhere it was just horrible and we'd been we'd been traveling for like 14 hours by that point and you arrive in mumbai and you're just like oh my god but luckily we had family managed to sort it out and i found the first three days in india like so hard being on my own because obviously you're having to deal with it like when you're with your parents they feed you they water you they entertain you and then they put you to bed and you're done you're just spoiled is what you're spoiled. saying <laughs> <laughs> and, and you have... had to grow up and be an adult <laughs> and go away you're like i'm gonna go to india and it's <laughs> gonna be great and then you got there like i don't know what to uh, yeah, do i didn't realize how much they did for me um <laughs> loads but like so much um but then the first so the first three days i found it really hard and i was like i really wonder if i, if I should come home like it would been three i booked three weeks to be there and traveling around a bit um and my anxiety got really bad because with my anxiety, I need to kind of like organize things and order things. And I don't deal with change very well. Ask any of my friends. <laughs> and, uh, He's actually rearranged my whole living. Thank you so much. It's lovely. I actually like it that you're stressed, to be honest. Very tidy. Um, but then like on the third day, I don't know quite what happened, but I kind of went out and I was like, right, I'm just going to surrender control because India resists order. <laughs> just completely. I mean, if you've ever seen an Indian road, they, um, there's no markings. There's not particularly traffic lights, and if they are, they're not always followed. Um, and people are just kind of driving as they need to, where they need to. And that kind of sums up how they go. It's like, it will happen when it needs to happen. You will go wherever we want you to go. And you'll just, it, you just have to kind of let go of all control. And like, after the third day, I kind of did that and just let things happen. And so things were happening like accommodation would fall through or like travel would fall through or all the stuff would kind of fall, fall apart. But you kind of end up finding your own way to wherever you needed to be. And um, we got to experience some amazing places because something else had fallen through. And so it was like, it ended up being like a really transformative holiday. Wow. And um, I wouldn't even say holiday, more like an experience because we just got to do so much. And I felt like really in touch with my Indian heritage in a way because I was actually beginning to rather than visit it, I was kind of being in it and living in it. And I loved that so much. So I would say, uh, coming back from best thing, look at that. I'm actually on topic for the first time. I'd say India genuinely is my best thing in travel because it taught me a lot. And I also had the best time when I was there. Is there anywhere apart from parts of America that you, said, that you want to go to? Literally everywhere. Okay. Like I love, I love travel. I loved, I, I love planes. Do you? Like I re well, I don't love going up or going down, but the middle bit's great. <laughs> you like it when it's just like it's on the floor. <laughs> yeah, like because it's normally just stable. I like being locked in a room with a television, is what I'm saying. But <laughs> well, that's been happening this whole year. Well, quite. But then people haven't been bringing me food like every eight hours, no, which that, I have missed. But no, I, I genuinely love. I love going to different places and trying different things. But I tend to kind of either do a completely horizontal holiday where I do nothing. I lie on my back and I read, or maybe sometimes my front, and uh, read <laughs> the gaze. Uh, and I'm going to read, uh, <laughs> and I'll read books and do whatever. <laughs> We're going to have to put some like parental advi advi advisory sort of stuff on this to be like, yeah, if you want to listen to this podcast, it's, uh, 
<laughs> I mean, do you know what? It wouldn't it wouldn't sound filthy if I didn't realise it was filthy when it came out. If I just kept going. If, do you know what? If you don't say it, someone else will. Quite. So you may <laughs> as well say it. I mean, what what what's your thinking on a little staycation? Are you a fan of like going around the UK? And, oh, uh, in the UK, yeah. Like staycations in my house, I'm over because I've just spent <laughs> no one the entire that. time since March doing that. No one but that. like. Yeah, I love, I've got um, some really close friends from Edinburgh when I was at uni up there and we all, every year we book a big, like kind of, I don't want to say chapel, but that's not the word I'm looking for, like a big house. <laughs> a big church. <laughs> not in the <laughs> chalet. <laughs> but we're already going with chapel. <laughs> I, I book a, a, a cathedral uh, in a local environment. That's now what you have to call it all the time. <laughs> Should we book the same cathedral as the last time? Yes. But we book one of these big cottages or chapels or cathedrals or whatever. And we book one of them in Lake District or somewhere in, in Britain. And we just stay there for like a week and you don't all have to do things at the same time, but we're all in the house. We eat breakfast and dinner together and you just kind of chill or do activities and stuff like that in the UK. And I love that because it's like, it's very, it's separate from being at home, but it's not like a huge big deal. It's just like, you just get to chill and hang out with your pals. And I love that. That sounds amazing. Well, I want to now go to the cathedral (laughs) or the, uh, or the chapel, (laughs) the chalet. Uh, I'm going to say the best thing, uh, Michael, when it comes to travel is India. I like and the planes. pause and planes <laughs> and just being fed every eight, eight, eight hours. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking TV and film. You've been watching a lot of TV and film? So much. We'll be finding TV out after film. this. Hey everyone, it's Tom with another dive into Tom's film bag. This week's recommendation is the worldwide phenomenon Hamilton, created by Lin Manuel Miranda, who also plays the titular role. The musical follows Alexander Hamilton, one of the founding fathers of America, as he traverses the American Revolution and his rivalry with Aaron Burr before he's met with political scandal and controversy. The difference in this retelling of history is that the majority of the historical figures such as George Washington and Thomas Jefferson are played by a diverse cast of black, Latino and Asian actors. Here's a quick clip of what you can expect. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. The soundtrack of the show is a combination of the rap and R&B genre with a beautiful orchestral backing that is written with wit and flair and is sure to have you singing along by the end of it. I had the privilege of seeing Hamilton live in London and it was an absolute delight to get to experience it. Now that the show is on Disney+, Plus. Audiences will be able to watch the show with its original Broadway cast, which is arguably the best iteration available. Hamilton is available right now on Disney+, Plus, making it very accessible to anyone curious about this groundbreaking musical. We'll see you next time for another dive into the film bag. Okay, Michael, TV and film. How much TV and film have you watched in 2020? <laughs> is it more than any other time? Do you know what? Probably not. Oh, really? I watch... TV all the time like TV is just always on and I have kind of some programs that I'll have on 
that I know so well that I don't need to pay attention to. I can kind of just get away with ignoring it, but doing other things, but still know what's going on. And then there's some shows that I, I need to have my phone down and like properly engrossed in, but I can't watch films unless they're in a cinema. What? Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I can I can watch the entirety of Big Little Lies in one day, which is, like, about... There's two seasons, so it's probably about 16 hours of a day. I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. I can do that, no bother. But ask me to sit and watch a three-hour film, not a chance. Like, I just... I think I think with when you're watching, like, a series, when you're binging it, there's, like, an easy out. So, like, every half hour, you're like, do you know what? I could stop. And there's, like, a... You have control. <laughs> Like you can be like, I've watched enough Desperate Housewives. I'm gonna let you know, today. you don't have any control. You just watched that <laughs> <laughs> for 16 hours, <laughs> back to back. But the thing is, like with with a film, you have to consciously like make a decision to pause it to go and do any, do anything else. Whereas with a TV show, it kind of ends naturally, and mm-hmm. you can choose to continue, which I always will. Uh, it's like this podcast. There's like little breaks. There you go. There you go. Exactly that. So I think I love I, I love I love films so much, but I have to be in a cinema because otherwise I can't concentrate on it enough. Is that bad? No, no, I, I completely understand that. Also, you may need like the element of like a, a you know the room to be dark and a big screen and yeah. all that sort of I stuff. I need someone someone near me that I can shush or like give looks at. Do you know what I mean? Like in lockdown, the thing I've missed the most is going to the theatre and just being like, <sighs> and then them doing nothing and me being like, <sighs> so I'm gonna quickly. I shouldn't really talk about this, but it's fine. Um, so. Before I did any TV work, um, I used to be that person. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I did TV work, <laughs> and instead of shushing, I just say to my friend, "Is it okay if we move?" Like, oh, I did that recently. I went I have to, to move now. So I, I can't tell them off because they might know who I am and like, "Oh, well, you're crap anyway." You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that, Daniel. I only said it one time, twice actually, <laughs> twice. <laughs> but yeah, I was at a drag show recently. Um, and I was sat and there was someone next to me and they were really drunk and like so drunk at the beginning. Sorry so about that it. as well. Yeah, twice. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I just chose to move because I didn't want to be like, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I'm not as like famous as whatever. But. Well, I don't know. Your Instagram, you seem quite famous. If I took the glasses honest, off, so. the incognito. No one fine. knows. <laughs> <laughs> but television, tattoos, eggs. No, TV. Um, so Desperate Housewives is yes. like, I'm never not watching it. So I, I'll finish it and I'll go back. To is it beginning. your friends? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, everyone watches it's friends. It's my friends. Time, it's my friends because... And I go through a journey with it every time. Like I get furious with certain characters, and I get so like so mad. I have to stop watching it because I'm Who'd like. Who did you get livid. furious at? Um, oh, I know is that the actress, actor's name Andrew Vanderkamp. Okay, yeah. Because in the first two set two series, like he was like the worst. Yeah, he was. And he did show that gay people can be bad too, and I like that representation. But he was Spoiler still alert. like, oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> it was on like fifteen years ago. It's, it's fine. It's literally history. It's, ca- it's canon now. But then he turns into a good person, so it's fine. But like in the first like couple of seasons I, I spend my life being so furious at him but yeah no I so Desperate Housewives is my background TV that I can kind of bake or I can do stuff because because I'm single I love my own I can kind of it's like noise that kind of keeps me company um also side note Susan Delfino biggest villain in the entire series that is true um but then like RuPaul's Drag Race obviously is like a, a massive part of my life I've only seen one episode how I thought you were going to say, how dare you? Well, I, I, just, I, I couldn't even get the rest of that sentence out, but Daniel. Do, do you should just be slightly jealous that I have it all too in front of me. True. Do you know what? We should, we should like sync watch it and okay. I get to experience you watching it. Well, I watched the first, 
I came in at season four and then now it's season 12 plus all these extra wow. spin-offs. But I watched the first four series in like a haze because I had glandular fever and I had to move home. Oh. And Are you okay now? I'm fine now. Okay. It was like in like when I was like 19. Okay. Um, that wasn't long ago. <laughs> <laughs> a fetus, still a fetus. Um, but I, I remember watching it all like back to back in this kind of weird, like slightly hallucinatory dreamy state. So like I couldn't remember whether like it all blurred together. That sounds perfect to really. It sounds like you're slightly oh, high. <laughs> so good, honestly. So good. But my best thing in film and TV is the film Moonlight. I don't know if you've seen Moonlight. Of course I've seen it. Um, the one where famously, they didn't win the Oscar, but they did win the famously Oscar. Famously not La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like so many people know of it, but haven't watched it. And yeah. it felt like, pro- it was one of the first films, I, obviously I saw it in the cinema, um, but I, I, felt, I felt like I felt it all. Like, and I, I felt like it kind of tore down bits of me and kind of put me back together again. And like, I felt like I learned a lot. And I, I love um, playwrights and playwriting. And the writer of Moonlight, who is Tarell Alvin McCraney, writes some really brilliant plays as well. And there's been some fascinating stuff in there as well. I know it's not about books, but whatever. No, it's cool. I like <laughs> um, it though. That's what it is. And it's all linked together because actually a lot of film and TV come from books, Yeah, so. yeah. And Moonlight came from his writing and he's got another play called Wig Out, which is amazing. But yeah, Moonlight, I thought, it was one of the first films often when you see an art house film you're just like ugh like ugh just like film like hold the camera still please don't get me on it because I love anything art house uh, I, my, my friends and family get so annoyed I have one friend called Lee and he's a magician and he's just so talented and he's so lovely but we will only watch really pretentious films together because mm, our mm. Like, like everyone else's family members are like nope. Like why? Like why can't we just have some pop? Why is it? <laughs> why are we listening to this orchestral score as he eats a sandwich? Like, I was playing uh, jazz before you came here, so just you know, I'm that, I'm that person. So you are pretentious. I'm just old. <laughs> <laughs> so like, but it was the first art house film that I was like, oh right, I get it because they kind of sandwiched art house with like they sandwiched lots of different kind of types of film together and it just it's one of the best put together films and I think I couldn't recommend it more like I think it's the best film I've ever seen do you feel like it was slightly things in there that that sort of connected with you you know, because yeah, I think yeah. there's an element of if you see any of these programs that, that that do sort of gay history and stuff like that and, and talk about, you know, growing up and and, and dealing with those emotions that no one talks about and and, mm. and, and even if you live in the most kind of open shield family, mm. it's still I always say like it's weird if like if you're mildly into something fetishy, you still wouldn't tell many people close mm, to you. Mm. So when it comes to just being gay, you're like, oh, I, I don't know if I want to tell people this. You know? Yeah, it felt like I felt like I really connected to. Obviously, I didn't connect to all of it because his experience is very unique, I suppose. But there were elements of representation that I kind of went, oh, like, oh yeah, I fe- I felt like that at one point, and and a lot of the, I think from moon from moonlight especially, lots of the silence was. Lots of the sadness was silent, and I think a lot of the time people try to articulate lots of feelings, especially from the queer experience. And sometimes you can't really; you just need to show them. Like I also watched them. Um, I should have should have thought of this earlier. Second, also the best thing, a, a draw. It's fine. <laughs> um, Keep going. You can have I may uh, I may destroy you. Just finished it. Michaela Cole. Uh, Michaela Cole is the icon of icons. I mean, m- m- Michaela Cole, then Meryl Streep. Like, she is up there. Wow. She is, She's going to love that. She we'll is tag her in this one. <laughs> Honestly, so obsessed with everything she does. Like, she's just incredible. But the um, gay she, character... She wrote it as well. She, she wrote it, pr- produced it, yeah. directed it, and starred in she it. She sang the theme tune. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> do you know what? She probably can sing as well because she's she probably that kind of person. can as well. Um, yeah. But she she wrote this character called Kwame, played by Papa Asiedu, um, who is, by the way, amazing. He's right? in Gangs of London. I don't know if you've seen. No, that, not but... yet. That's on my list. He he was at the RSC. He played Hamlet. He was the first black Hamlet at the RSC, wow. and he was incredible. He is incredible. But Kwame's character uses grinder all the time, mm-hmm. and like, and it's not treated as a bad thing. And like, I genuinely have not seen that ever on television where a gay person uses grinder. And let's be honest, most gay people do or have at least at one point in their lives. And it wasn't treated as a bad thing. And even when some difficult things happened to him in that series, it's still not treated as a bad thing. And I think representation in film and TV is so, so crucially important. I mean, I'm watching Celeb Masterchef at the moment and it's a blind contestant who I've never seen in a kitchen before. And like, I like to think of myself as being fairly woke, you know. Can I use the word woke? <laughs> I mean, I did I'll, also like do a limp wrist at the same time as I, I said will, woke. I, I, I will let, I'll let you off with that. It's fine. But I like to think like I'm fairly with it and like open to all that kind of stuff. I just never even thought that I hadn't seen a blind person in the, in the kitchen. Like, and you don't think about what you, what representation you haven't seen until you see it. Yeah. And I think what film and TV can do is give that voice to people and kind of share their experience a bit wider. I told this story to my friend the other day and I heard it a while ago and um, this dad took his daughter to go and see Wonder Woman Mm. and she sat there open-mouthed the whole time and he said, when you see it, you can be it. That's it. And if you're represented, you know what I mean? And like all these characters and little nuances and all this stuff and people are like, oh God, this is so overly woke and they're trying to tick this box and tick this box. It's like, yeah, sometimes you just kind of have to. Sometimes that box needs to be ticked because it hasn't been. (laughs) Like, let's see people of color doing things. Let's see gay people doing things. Let's see trans people playing trans characters. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you, Eddie Redmayne. That was lovely, but enough. Let's get somebody else in now. (laughs) What are you saying? (laughs) He was very good. (laughs) I'd like to see a trans woman playing a trans woman, please. (laughs) Like, is that too much to ask? (laughs) I think like pro, there's programs on Channel 4 and they've been very mm. forward thinking. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, 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 and I kind of love that. I mean, even Naked Attraction, they've been forward thinking on that. I haven't mean, watched any of I that. I think everyone on that is forward. They're, they're, actually, they're actually hiring right now. So all around the country, <laughs> are you up for Naked Attraction, would you? Absolutely, 100% not. I was, no, like, no, I, I was just about to sign you up. I know the producer. <laughs> Have you, uh, there's a brilliant comedy sketch by a comedian called Susie Ruffle about Naked Attraction. And I don't want to spoil it, but Google it because it's brilliant. I think it's Susie. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say when it comes to TV and film, the your best thing, Michael, would be garlic. No, I'm joking. <laughs> garlic, <laughs> garlic bread. <laughs> bread. Well, I think a little bit of Desperate Housewives in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With uh, with the kind of the new programs of I May Destroy You, but Moonlight really is the Moonlight. Moonlight is the star of that segment, but like second to Moonlight, Desperate Housewives. Third to third to Desperate Housewives is like representation. I love that. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking. Music! (laughs) I did jazz hands. (laughs) Hi everyone, it's Bethia from Bethia's Beats. My chosen artist for this week is the very talented Mort. He's a producer and artist originally from Denmark, but currently lives in Guildford in the UK. Now, if you're familiar at all with my music, you may recognise his name. Moore and I actually have a collaborative EP out together called Part One, which you should definitely go and check out if you haven't already. But Mort has just started releasing his own solo material, which is super, super exciting. And Lonely, which is currently playing in the background right now, is one of his latest singles. It features the amazing Holmes, who is also a really, really good friend of mine and a very talented artist. Mort has so much more exciting music to come, so make sure you follow him on his social media to keep up to date with everything that he's doing. 
To listen to the full version of Lonely, it will be playing at the end of the podcast, along with all of the details of more social media and where to find the song. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time. Why can't you see I'm so in love with you? Oh, I'm lonely. I slept three hours last night. So, Michael Music. Um, Michael Music. Um, it's like an album, isn't it? Album title. You were talking, that could be your album title. Can you sing? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> do, you, do you do karaoke? Do you have a karaoke song? I, do you know what? I don't, because I don't have the confidence to stand up in front of... In front of in, blah, 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 blah. I don't <laughs> Different language as well. You can stand up and do A different language But you can't Stand up and do Like uh, Total Eclipse on the Heart I can't do I can sing very well In the car Yeah But anywhere else It's it's a no from me I'm so sorry <laughs> You just turned into Dragon's Den now We're yes, going through true. All the, yeah. the programmes uh, If you did have to choose A karaoke song What would it be? Ooh I would probably choose A song in which I did not need to sing um, like I get, I really love rap artists. Like oh. I love being able to learn all the words to a rap a rap song. You look like a Drake fan. Uh, so I'm indifferent. <laughs> I'm indifferent to a Drake. I wouldn't say I'm a positive or negative. I'm, he, That's fine. He exists. Central. I exist, and we're That's happy fine. about it. What, where, what rap would you go to? Um, <laughs> I am a bit of a barb. We do love Nicki Minaj. Okay. But, uh, we can also you, love. Can Cardi you give us a couple of bars? Oh no! No. <laughs> Can I just say, just because you set it up, so I feel like I felt I felt that one coming. Oh, I'm so. What 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 Nicki Minaj song do you know? Uh, None of them. (laughs) Do not, Michael. I'm going to let you off to not do that, but we might get a little clip just right at the end that I'm going to make you do. Um, Um, Yeah, her Nicki is like I went on a holiday to um, Gibraltar and. It was at the same time as like a Nicky Azalea album had come out and I spent the entire time not going out in Gibraltar to stay inside the flat listening to Iggy Azalea and learning all of the words. <laughs> I mean, we, I'm going to sort of sneakily keep the mic on towards the end when you're just going to do a little bit of a wrap I've got super bass going around my head at the moment. But mainly, mainly, I'm going to be brutally honest, I'm a cheesy bop, pop kind of, cheesy pop bop kind of guy. Like, you just I, made that up now. There's a, a cheesy bop. pop bop pop. Bop, 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 bop. You've on. already made a t-shirt. It's, like it's a, a logo already. <laughs> It's been a long day. You were stuck in traffic. So yeah, okay. So when when you were a kid, what was the music that you were listening to? What would you go so to? So when it? I was growing up, it was musicals. Like right. absolutely, it was a hundred percent musicals all the time. Um, this is pre being gay, although we all know was gay then. Uh, listening to musicals all the time. Um, like I remember, like discover- if you are listening to musicals and you're not, you don't have to be gay. You know, you can be no, anything you want to be. Correct. But but I also was very gay. Okay, <laughs> like a hundred percent. That's fine. I liked a little bit of Cats. So uh, oh yes. Do you know what? So did I until the film came out but we won't talk about uh, it oh there was a really funny thing and I don't know if I should talk about it but it's fine so Lorraine Kelly was talking to Bonnie Langford right? yeah and uh, they were saying oh and Bonnie was like I did it like 40 years ago and Bonnie still looks like she's 30 and mm. then uh, she was like I did it 40 years ago and they're like, and Lorraine was like oh that film Cats was terrible didn't you think it was terrible and Bonnie was like um, yeah my oh, niece was oh in it God. <laughs> and then they showed oh. a picture and her niece was one of the people oh, in the picture no. and she was like oh okay um, because I love Lorraine as well because like she just, she just turned it she had an opinion and it was I like wish completely I was the wrong opinion oh, what? Um, if I can find a clip I'm going to put it into the bottom bit so people can click into it but, but I mean Cats the, Cats the film brings me perfectly into our pop saviour yes who is Taylor Swift Taylor Swift she is everything that we need do you shake it off I shake it off regularly (laughs) to this sick beat (laughs) 
like honestly there's so many things of her hers are like iconic because they're not great but that makes them even more iconic i think like, of family I'm, guy they talk about the sick beat and they're like it's just a normal beat <laughs> have you seen that video of michelle um obama and she's like um, she's got like a turnip in her hand and like it's, it's like turn on for what and she's like turn it for what <laughs> absolutely <laughs> iconic um, and it's a brilliant TikTok of someone um, dropping the beat and the beat getting sicker but it's a beetroot clever excellent I like that. do you know what we love puns we, we really do. do I, I do my, uh, the best lyric like that Taylor Swift has ever written is um, I'm sorry the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now why because she's dead <laughs> what happened to her (laughs) like it's just amazing and like wow is she okay if that comes on in a gay club it goes like everyone what song is screams it's um look what you made me do oh yeah i'm I'm so sorry (laughs) but you're here to educate me yes well so 1989 was the best album she's ever written in her entire life we do love the fearless pre pre all that um reputation i absolutely love which was post kim kardashian like shading oh, her yeah, the whole Kanye yeah, yeah, thing yeah. Um, which I do not believe was constructed <laughs> to be clear allegedly <laughs> <laughs> and then her lover era at the moment I'm just I, I honestly I think she's amazing and I love her lyrics I think she writes what I love is that when you see her live she will pro- she will perform a song that even if it's been produced like massively like with massive scale production with all this kind of bass dropping and it sounds really poppy or whatever it always comes back to guitar. Like every single song that she's written comes back. Like, like Gaga, she can play everything on a piano or whatever. Um, shout out to Chromatica. Thank you so much for saving 2020. Uh, also Dua, our queen Dua. We love Dua Lipa. It's good music um, coming out. Honestly, yeah. like, for the pop people like me, we are having the time of our lives. But at home, at, at home, dancing <laughs> on world. our own. Do you no, know what? Things are opening up so we can I go need, to What places. I need is... So, Gaga wrote Chromatica for Pride. That's what she wrote it for. Um, and we're welcome for it. But like Rain On Me with her and Ariana, what we need to happen is there to be a Pride parade, it to start like the heavens opening and all of us just like screaming and spinning around in circles to that song. Doing like, a routine, do you I, know it? I need to twirl. I may have been practicing, but I sh- because, because podcasts are, in, uh, are not a visual medium, I'll keep that one in. Yeah, but I need some promo for the uh, for Instagram, <laughs> so I'm sure we can put some music on and we'll use it for promo. The best song, though, of all time, I think, for me, is the song that's going to be at my wedding, which no one else can steal, although I shouldn't probably say it on a podcast. So Someone's totally going to start saying your child's name beforehand. <laughs> People have an opinion oh, about it. Oh, did you see it. that Katie Hopkins thing when she was like... You, um, she, oh, yeah. She said, she said, <laughs> I, hate things, I hate children named after places, and they were like, your child's called India. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, it's ah, I love that. No, um, it's called I Choose You by Sarah Bareilles, who I think is oh. one of the best songwriters ever. Well, she did Waitress. She did Waitress, which, I mean, She Used to Be Mine is one of the best songs, I think, in musical theatre. Well, my friend Lucy Jones, who yes. has uh, also appeared on this podcast. Previous uh, series? Yeah, previously. <laughs> uh, and she, uh, that, that song is crazy. So I was, at, I was at a press event, I think for Waitress, actually, um, when Sarah Browse was in it, and I was in the room near Sarah, and I couldn't go over. Like, because she is like, I don't know what I, I think, I, don't, I wouldn't know what to say. And I want, I wouldn't want my memory of meeting Sarah Bareilles for me to just become a bumbling idiot, which is what I have been for the past 40 minutes. But uh, like she, um, 52, 52. <laughs> it's been 84 years, but I, I choose you is gorgeous because Sarah Bareilles writes lots of, I think her music is like poetry. Like her lyrics are like poetry and she writes so well, but I think I choose you is the most romantic thing you can say to someone because you say to a lot of people that you love them. Like you love your family, you love your pets, you love your children. What, Some of them. What you hope you do. <laughs> um, but like you choose one person 
And I think that's lovely. And, and that's my wedding song. And so whoever I marry needs to know that. And if they don't want it, then it's over. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel um, not very strongly about it. <laughs> I think I don't, I don't need to go anywhere else with this, really, to be honest. Um, when it comes to um, music, um, Michael's best thing is... I was going to say something like PJ and Duncan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift, yeah? Taylor Swift and... An honourable mention to I Choose You. See how indecisive I am. I like that. That's a good thing. Okay, next up we're going to be talking something random. Michael, kind of nearly the last question, because I'm going to ask you something right at the end, but... uh, Something random. Uh, <laughs> you were like jotting things down. Like, I don't know what the hell. I'm... And this is what everyone kind of gets stuck on. They're like, I don't know what it is. But in your life, that isn't anything to do with those things. What would you say are the sort of the things that you look forward to? What you know, you're, you're seeing your friends, or you know, going, you know, going to the mm. park and stuff like that. What 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 are those things that you kind of just go? That makes me me, and that makes me happy. So something that's it's fairly recent, I'd say, in the past like three or four years is like running and exercise like I am um, uh, my brain gets very full and one of the only ways that I can get it emptied again or at least ordered again is running um, because I don't know what it is but it's something about achieving something and you can see a result to that achievement and I think that's similar to baking as well that I do at home it's you follow a process you know what to do and at the end you have a result and whether that's running and you start to lose weight or you feel a bit fitter or it feels a bit easier every step is a bit easier or baking you have something completed you've that you created so i think exercise, it's alive it's yeah, alive but like running and exercise genuinely really that really suits me and find i find that really calming and there are mornings especially during lockdown when i wake up and i think this is the the one thing i don't want to do is exercise but as soon as i've done it i feel gr- like the day is made i don't need to do anything else because i'm just i feel better but then, like, I don't know, It's I wouldn't say it's my best thing because I I love it, but I don't always want to do it. And I feel like a best thing is something that you always want to do. And I actually, no. do you know what? I, I, when you were saying about hanging out with friends, the best thing I think about hanging out with friends is when you have friends when you just don't need to talk. Like the friends, so I'm going to go and see my friend Amelia tonight. And I and guarantee within, we'll, we'll speak for the first 15 minutes and then we'll sit down and we'll scroll through our phones in silence and like companionable silence is amazing like because it means that you trust that person you're comfortable with that person and you don't really need to do very much with them and you can just like be and i love that i love just like just being with people it's a good song by pull faith called just be um and she says don't say nothing i mean the double negative in that doesn't really work but the principle (laughs) it's like you're like it's a b plus (laughs) what you're getting in english i hate it when people use double negatives wrong like it it drives me insane but you're just now going to say the song that you like but don't say nothing just be that's lovely but like don't say nothing is say something just be which is not what she's saying (laughs) just be when ronan keaton says just you say what best when you say nothing at all Um, well there's also the thing it's like ten thousand spoons when you only want is a knife that's not ironic alanis that's just unfortunate and she doesn't even say knife properly she says dime (laughs) (laughs) doesn't she if you listen back you need a dime yeah is that a knife is that what you're saying maybe she needs to buy some more cutlery (laughs) with with some i don't know (laughs) i think it's i think this year in particular has been one of those years that no matter how long you've known each other friends are so important oh yeah and like so amelia again is an example i talk to her every day so I know exactly what's going on in her life. So even when we saw each other, it felt like really emotional to see each other. And then we were like, actually, 
there's nothing new <laughs> to say. And that was why being silent was so lovely. And I've got a, another one of my best friends called Olivia and we might not see each other for three months and we have a different type of relationship where we don't need to talk every day. But then we, when we see each other, we can sit in silence. And it's not like I just go in, in, as a mute. Like I, we do chat, but just the the companionable not saying nothing, as Miss Faith would say, is lovely. <laughs> Paloma, I love you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she's all right. She's doing the voice. I think she's doing the voice. She was on it at least once. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, yeah and, and I, I, love, I love the fact that I think you're really personable and I think that um, you're so easy to get on with. And I, I, I didn't know you at the beginning. We chatted a little times. Uh, like what I did, people were like, how have you got guests for your podcast? I was like, I just saw who followed me on Twitter. <laughs> And just asked them. DMs. And, and most people just ignored me and then people came back and, and it's been lovely. He's now known on Twitter as DM Daniel. <laughs> Don't say that. It's true. It's he really likes like, pictures you know, if you send them to him. <laughs> Do not send me any pictures. Do not send me any pictures. I mean, some. It's fine. I don't, I don't, I don't mind. It's fine. <laughs> I nearly said of your kitten, but let's, now it's going to get too much. Too much. Too much. Too much, too much please. Um, so I'm going to say probably the best thing when it comes to your random would be kind of just chilling with friends that you know. You can be in silence. You can talk. You can just be. Just be. Don't say nothing. I love that. That's good. Um, <laughs> I did say that I added an extra question. Uh, so season two has got a little bit of a change and it's not okay. the easiest of questions. So I'm going to let you have a little bit of break on this question, but mm. I'm going to just give you what it is right now. So the question is, what is the best thing when it comes to you? Oh God. <laughs> Find out in a minute. <laughs> Uh, so we done a little pause, just a little pause there, and I asked you the question: What is the best thing when it comes to you? It's not the easiest of answers, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. I think people kind of worry about being a bit sycophantic and a bit sort of like self-indulgent. But actually, what, the reason I'm asking this question, I think, when it comes to you and your thought about yourself, sometimes it, it can be really negative. Like majority of the time, it's really negative. But there's something really nice in you, and it doesn't have to come from you yourself. It can come from other people telling you the things that they need from you or the things that you give them support with. So, Michael, just at the last bit here, what is the best thing when it comes to you? Slowly unclenching from when you ask me this question. <laughs> um, I feel like, personally, I think I'm a lot stronger than I think I am a lot of the time. But I think maybe the best thing about me is my sense of humour. Like I think, sense of Uma Thurman, don't know where that came from, wish I hadn't said that, but uh, like the, oh God, uh, I forgot I'm being recorded, but the, um, we're using all this for TV, uh, by the way. I am, um, yeah, I think my sense of humour, I have, I'm, I'm able to take, take the mic out of myself and other people and I love that and even when things are really difficult, I'm able to turn it into, have a bit of a laugh and I, I know that sometimes it's just to make myself feel better about whatever's happening, but I think it also helps other people to feel a bit safer because if I'm struggling with something or finding it hard and if I make a joke, it kind of alleviates the pressure on everyone. So this is the shortest answer you're ever going to get because I'm so awkward about it. I don't, <laughs> I don't want it to be long and it doesn't need to be a long answer. It just needs to just be honest and I think that's really nice and, and you probably make people feel at ease with your sense of humour. I do it as well when there's situations that are kind of tough or kind mm. of sad and stuff and I'd, I'd always have to kind of throw a little weird joke in there and they'll be like what are you like yeah yeah and it, it just makes just it easier it calms it you know? it lightens the load 
You are an absolute pleasure, and I'm so happy that I got to kick off season two with you, Michael. Do you know know what? You're just so nice and down to earth. You're exactly what you say on a tin. (laughs) (laughs) But I just cry a little bit less. (laughs) You say you cried on Baker a lot. I don't think you did. Anyway, uh, can you can you still watch the old episodes? But do you have them all recorded on your on your Skype? It's all on all four. Is it? Um, Yeah, yeah. But with the crying thing, I'll just say one word: editing. (laughs) <laughs> Mate, you had to cry for them to edit it. Let's not even start. All right, it's fine. Uh, where can people find you? What social media platforms are you using right I now? I am on Instagram and Twitter. Um, my my username is M S Chakraverti, which I realised looks like Miss Chakraverti, which I only realised after I had done it. Clever. Um, but I'm now not, you're verified, but so you now can't I'm verified, it. I can't change it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would spell my surname, but just just look me up. I like it, it's fun. I'd have a t-shirt with it on. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know. Are they married or not married? <laughs> yeah. just, I'm not sure what's going on. Have you not gone into the world of TikTok? Is that not being your world? I, di- I do have an account, but I just, I lurk. I'm a lurker there. I thoroughly enjoy TikTok. A voyager. I... I plunge into the murky waters of TikTok regularly, but I, I'm a I'm a viewer, not I'm a voyeur. Yeah, a voyeur, not a voyager, because that means. Well, I, I guess I, do, I guess I go on voyages. Some would say some emotional, um, but no. Just, Stop trying to save me with that. This is fine. It's all good. Um, and what's coming up next for you? What What are you doing? Do you know what? Just normal. Like I didn't go into Bake Off or anything. Uh, I'm quite. I'm thankful I get to do fun things like this. Like that's great, but like I'm just doing my normal life. So um, my social media is th- full of filling conversations about cold toast and trans rights, <laughs> and my Instagram is full of pictures of me doing nothing, being self-indulgent, or baking. So that's 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 who I am. Quickly on this on the cold toast situation, what is that about? Yeah. So we, um, this is a current uh, <laughs> at the time of recording, quite a hot topic. Um, ironically, because it should be cold. So what you do with toast is you you toast it, take it out of the toaster, and it should be cool to put the butter on. Because if you think about it, if butter goes onto hot toast, there's a finite amount of butter you can put on it because it'll all dribble off. But if it's cold, you can put on as much butter as you want. So to speed up that process, I put it in the freezer. And apparently, I'm the psychopath. I don't think so. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> Michael, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and will you come back to do it again? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, well, I've, I've actually invited you now. So that's <laughs> you guys get some new questions. Do we get a little Licky Minaj? A, li- a Licky Minaj? <laughs> I'm not sure she'd like that, that Daniel. That, <laughs> you might that, have to ask first. It's her drag name. It's funny. <laughs> do you know what? If I come back for another episode, will you do it? I'll perform. You'll perform? Well, not like. I'll give you I'll give you a verse by the time you come back for the next episode we'll be filming it so it'll be great <laughs> I like that it's cool uh, yeah so thank you so much Michael and uh, I'll see you again very soon thank you very much a huge thank you to our wonderful guest Michael Chatravity absolutely so much fun also thank you so much to Adam Harris with his fat chicken Bethia Beats bring us the best in brand new music as always Tom from Filmbag for giving us great reviews about things to watch music is done by myself Tom Baxter and Jimmy Lundy. Artwork is designed by JMD. Of course, none of this can be done without the wonderful producing skills of Professor Giu himself, Mr. Professor Ollie. Adam Harris will be up next giving us our fat chicken answer and then followed by Bethia Beats, track of the pod. See you next time. Hey, hey. Adam, fat chicken. Hope you enjoyed Michael there. Learned a few words from his potty mouth. Um, I was finding out for you whether apparently there's some unopened bottles of wine that are over a thousand years old. Now I've seen a 2015 bottle of Blossom Hill 
summer fruits in Daniel's fridge. But I've done some digging around on the internet and there is a 1,650-year-old bottle of wine found in a Roman tomb. Imagine that. I bet it's delicious. Anyway, I'll see you next time. Yeah. Why can't you see I'm so in love with you? 